really is the leafiest thing ever to go into Edmonton and kick the crap out of the Edmonton Oilers for three straight games and be on top of the world and look as good as they've looked in the last, like we said last time, 15 years. Then go into Vancouver and drop two in a row. First time all season that they've lost back-to-back games in regulation. And as is usually the case with uh, Leafs Nation and fans and media who cover this team, there's all kinds of narratives going around. There's a group of people who are upset and like, this is the real them, same old inconsistency issues, trade William Nylander, whatever. There's another group of people, and this is the camp that I'm in, which is, listen, they've played a ton of hockey. Like, like, this schedule is insane. It's every other night, and it's like, it's it's a lot. And they looked out of gas. They looked to me, they looked out of gas for the first Vancouver game, and then in the later periods last night, I thought they looked out of gas. Plus, Thatcher Demko was excellent. What camp are you in? I'm in the man. It's it's tough being a hockey fan. It's tough being a Leaf fan, and it's tough trying to discuss where the team's at with other people because and I quote after the game last night Morgan Riley says we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and it's like I know sports fandom doesn't make any sense and that's what makes it so great in a way is because you can be an irrational you can have your own opinion you can agree you can disagree but it's it's amazing how you can play, like you said, the three best games you've played in forever and then lose two. And it's like everything we talked about, about them dominating the division, people saying that there's no competition. It's, it's out the window. It's yep. gone now. It's yep. like we need to stop taking things that happen in a series, in a game and applying it to the rest of the season in the playoffs and start dissecting it by a game by game basis. It's like, this is the NHL. You can lose to the worst team in the league. Any given night, you could come out and, and, and have your best game and have your worst game. It's hard to be in a definitive place of what your opinion is. My opinion is where you're at. This is a long season. You're playing every other night. You're playing against teams that are like the Vancouver Canucks flat out looked desperate and you don't blame them because you look at their record. 11, 15 and two or whatever. And it's, they had to go out and win some hockey games and the Leafs just have been kind of on cruise control, winning hockey games in this division. And it's like, you just ran into a team that was more desperate and played better and had a good goaltender. Well, if you look at, to your point about desperation, if you look at, um, this division underneath the Leafs, it's wide open. Yeah. Like it's wide open. Like the Calgary flames, two coaches fired in the NHL this year, both in this division. Yeah. And it's for that reason. It's because playoff spots two, three, and four in this division are wide open. They're wide open. 100%. And also, you take into account, it's like, if you're going to make it to a conference final, this is the year. Yes. This is the year to do it because you just need to beat your division. You just need to focus. Right now, if you're a North Division team, you're looking at the Maple Leafs going, that's the team we need to beat. So that's the benchmark right now. You need to find a way to put together your team and a game plan in order to beat 
the best team in the division. And that's how you get to the conference final. That's why teams are so desperate and are hiring coaches who are 75 years old is because this is, if you're going to get to a conference final and Canadian teams have not been very successful over the past couple of years. When's the last time a Canadian team won a Stanley cup 1993 or even gone to a conference final. When was the last team that, they're the senators no, and like no the winnipeg jets a the winnipeg years jets like yeah. it's just like a canadian team hasn't sniffed the final in forever no. so it's like if you're gonna get it done this year this is the year because yeah. you just need to focus on your teams and your divisions and right now the leafs are the benchmark so teams are going to start uh, adjusting their game plan adjusting their roster to beat the best team in the league well the, yeah that and the, they're they're bitten by the injury bug like you watch Austin Matthews, right? Like he's not a hundred percent at all. No, he's not a hundred percent at all. Like they moved him on the power play because he doesn't have the velocity in his shot because he's got a bad wrist. Yeah, and you look at, like you look at the Canucks too. It's like they they kind of they they showed a couple of clips last night during the intermission that they they were kind of irritating him a little bit. Yep. They were slashing him. They were finishing their checks on him. They were kind of giving him an extra little cross check. It's like. You need to stop the best player in this division right now, and that's how you slow this team down. Team, It's just, I think every game for the rest of this year, you're going to start to see other teams in this division do what they think they have to do to slow them down. And that's pissing off Austin Matthews yep. and, and giving him that extra little poke to get him off his game. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. I think the crowd that um, after the Oilers series was like, oh, they're this is concerning, and they're going to be like the lightning were like the... These people should be happy. Like you should be happy about what just happened in Vancouver because it's a it's a reminder to everyone, even them, the guys on the team, that you got to show up every night. And what you were just saying, like the you're the measuring stick, you're the benchmark in this division, and these teams are going to get up to play you, and they, and they have to win these games. Like you look at the Canucks and Flames specifically. Okay, two teams that have like been have had crappy seasons thus far. They're right in it. They're right in it. Yeah, in the 100%. Division. They're right in it. Same thing with the Habs. Same thing with the Oilers. And then you got the Winnipeg Jets. Hell, I would go as far as to say to you that if the Ottawa Senators got a f- some form of competent goaltending, they'd be in the middle of it too, probably. You're, you're on a three-game, four-game heater away from being in the conversation. Yes. Like, you're not, you're not out of it right now. I think the Leafs have done a good enough job this season to kind of secure themselves as a a top seed or a two seed if they kind of slow down a little bit i think they've had a good enough start to to kind of warrant themselves a a spot in the playoffs right now but yeah you're right like you look at all these teams you could have a below 500 record in regulation and make the playoffs yeah 100 play the leafs and have a chance to win the series yeah like i I just the, the whole narrative the leafs not having enough competition it's like that sounds so dumb now yeah you're you're a tour game two or three games slide away from just your whole narrative of your season changing. Like, let's just stop trying to take every win the Leafs have and just like somehow manifest it to like the playoffs. It's like, no, they lost two games in a row. They can lose three playoffs. Playoffs. Um, well, and it's just like the, it is frustrating. Like, what you're saying is so true. It's like, it is frustrating, like going on the roller coaster ride of the ever changing narrative, but that's just part of pro sports. Like you look at, look at the Oilers. Okay. Mm. Like it was doomsday after the three game series against the Leafs. It's over trade. Everybody McDavid wants out. McDavid wishes he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. And what do they do? They go out and put together a nice win over the Calgary flames. Yeah, it's good. 
Look at the Montreal Canadiens. Beat the Winnipeg Jets 7-1 or whatever it was. Yep. Mass kicking. Yep. So I just like, it's just all part of the journey. And listen, the Leafs are the Leafs. Like we were talking before we, uh, we started recording here and, and you said it and you're totally right. If you think that like the Leafs are going to go into the first round against one of these other teams and just steamroll them in a sweep, not happening. No, not no happening. way. Yeah. No chance. No, it's, it's, that's why the whole, you know what the problem is? It's sports media. Like me and you, we have a podcast. We got to think of something to talk about every week, twice a week. You got guys who are on the radio every single day. So you can't go on there and be like, oh, screw fans. Screw this. It's whatever. Like people have to come up with a narrative to talk about. I get that. That's a part of media. But it's just like, it's just, it's amazing how things can switch on a dime in this league. And it's, and and me personally, and everyone tries to set up the, I told you so narrative, right? It's like the Leafs won three games in a row. They look great, but there's the, the section of the fan base that are like, they aren't that good. And then they lose two games in a row. And it's like, told you, yeah, told you they lost two straight games. Well, that's what I was saying off the top. Like there is, there's that segment of the fan base. And I'm seeing it all over Twitter today of people who are like, this is them, the inconsistency. And it's like, I, I get where that comes from. Like we've talked about PTSD a lot on this podcast and yeah. what it's like being a Leaf fan. So I get where that comes from. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think that's what this is. I think the NHL is a well-balanced league and I think you're not going to win every night. And I think when you're a team like them that has a ton of injuries and you're playing a team like the Vancouver Canucks who are like, we need to get our shit Desperate. together. Yeah, we need to get our shit yeah. together here because we got to get back in the playoff mix. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Don't forget what happened to the Canucks the last time the Leafs played them. They just yeah. absolutely embarrassed them. Yes. And the Canucks seemed like a joke. And then they win two big games against the best team in the division. And now they now they have confidence. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Hockey is, is so different than every other sport. Every other sport requires, like, possession. Like, there's basketball. They got 24 seconds to shoot. They, there's football. You got, you're on the offense. You got four downs. There's baseball. There's a team on off. Hockey is just random. Yeah. It's random. The puck is just everywhere. It's going everywhere. It, it there's there's different shifts changing every 45 seconds. It's just it's so hard to take a little sample size of a hockey series in in, in the case of this season and or a couple games in a row and try to just apply it to the rest of the year. The way I see it, and I'm sure you can agree is they get in the playoffs. Everything that just happened previously is it's over. It's over. It's a brand new it's season. It's over. It's a brand new so season. You got to ride the wave of the season and, and take, and you got to look at things from a broader level. It's like, okay, they're 18, six and two great record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal. What, what first time, first time all season that they've lost back-to-back games in regulation. That's pretty damn good. Yes. Like that's yeah. pretty damn good. You know, it's like, would you like them to continue their streak? hundred percent. But it's just this is a league where things can just happen, and and when when day one of the playoffs start, it, it's it's all that's gone. It's a new thing, so you got to try to look at what the Leafs are better at overall. Like they're better defensively, yeah. they they win more battles. I think yes. Uh, their goaltending, their their depth of goaltending this year has been pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. They've got they've got good depth up and down their lineup. Like the fourth line has really clicked. Um, lately with Spezza and Boyd. The third line of Mikheyev, Hyman, and Engvall looks really good. Like, when Simmons comes back, you got an opportunity to maybe move Kerfoot around and try out some different things. 
uh, or or maybe you put you start Simmons to get him back up to speed on the fourth line for the first couple of games. Like, yeah. like oh, like I'm with you. Like uh, the sky is is not falling to me, and I think no. people who who thought that this was just like they were just going to spend the rest of the season just like pulling a Tampa Bay Lightning and coasting and like winning the division by like 15 points or whatever. It's not going to happen. No, it's absolutely not. Gonna happen. not. And, and and I don't know if you want to bring up Freddie right now. But yeah, well, we were going to get in. We were going to get into that before we get into that, though. I want to ask, like, I just want you to like talk a little bit more. Like, why does the Riley quote bother you so much? <laughs> huh. Oh, boy. This, uh, this, this is me. This is me trying to get him going. Ladies this and gentlemen, is quote, look in the mirror, as Morgan Riley would say. Well, and I got another one here. I got another one here that I want to that I want to read to you. I got another one queued up right here. It's on us to be in control of how we play. It's just, I think it's a lot of it's just like hockey culture, hockey isms. Yeah, yes. It's like, what is he really going to say after the game? Yeah. Like, oh, we've been playing great, so so screw it. We had two bad games. He's he's got to like kind of own up responsibility. A couple bad pinches. Well, I that's uh, another thing too. So I was going to segue into that. Continue, but we're going to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, like he he, he had a couple bad pinches, couple not great plays on the defensive end. You can't really. Like, what is he really going to say? But it's just, I find it so funny that the pressure a hockey player feels to talk to the media being like, yeah, we really got to look at ourselves in the mirror. It's like, (laughs) you've had a pretty good year, man. It's like, maybe you're just tired. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you've just been playing hockey games. Well, Every other day I, for two months. Like, I know. I know what you're trying to say. And I, I it's just, like, I know what yeah. you're trying to say. It's like, yes, the, the, what's he going to say after the game? I, so I totally understand and acknowledge that, but it's, it's part of the the problem. Like I, I rant rave all the time about like the NHL and, and like the culture of the players and how literally like the, the NHL for the most part is so boring. Like it's yeah. so boring. Like there's no interesting drama going on with players. There's no, like you don't see anything even close in the same ballpark as what goes on in the NBA and the NFL. Like nothing, nothing remotely close. So you see that last night, like a cliche comment like that last night. And you're like, all right. I know. I want to talk about him for a second. Him being Morgan Riley. He's a sketch bag. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like thank God he's got TJ Brody. That dude just makes ill-advised pinch after ill-advised pinch, and he goes into the offensive zone and he rarely does anything. Like he, it's just, I I find more often than not, and I'm not saying that he's been terrible. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, you're no. not. You're not saying that. No, but I find more often than not that I watch him every night. And I'm like, dude, thank God you have. Thank God they picked up TJ Brody to cover this guy's ass. Like and that's night probably in and night one out. of the reasons why they got him. Yeah, is is because he's been looking for that protection. Remember when Ron Hainsey was his protection? Oh Jesus! Like it was Cody like go Cece. Out, yeah, go out and get a guy who can actually protect him. And I feel like if you do a deep dive into Morgan's career, it's like he came in with some offensive prowess in that one. He had a one year. I forget it was last year or two years ago. We had a great year yeah. points wise, but it's like, he's kind of been in the middle of like the guy's got unbelievable speed. He does have some offensive prowess, but he's not a guy who's, who's like one of the top point getters from defensemen in the league. Like it's just, there is nobody I've seen on this team over the past three to four years who comes in breaks over the blue line flying, <laughs> and then he just 
boom, right <laughs> over the, the net. net. Yeah. There's the glass. <laughs> it's out of the zone. No, there's yeah. an odd man rush or, for the other team. Or when he like, or when they're on the power play and he does the same thing, wires it from the blue line and it's just right over the net. And yeah. just like, if I was a coach, I'd be like, go in the hallway. Every time you miss the net, 10 push-ups in the hallway. Yeah, like, just like the... What are we doing? Yeah, major league where Willie Mays, Hayes, every time it's a foul ball, he's got to hit 10 push-ups, but... If I can just make if I can just make one comment um, before we move on and talk about Freddie, this is my weekly I appreciate TJ Brody comment because there were a few times in that Edmonton series where the, the Oilers would get it back to Tyson Berry and he would just wire it right into someone's shin pads. <laughs> Tyson Berry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the he was the big off season. Yeah. Every he, time I look at Tyson Berry or Alexander Kerfoot, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Kadri could have been our third line. Yeah, center. I know, I know, I know. Nazem could have been our third line. Center. I know. I said that a couple weeks ago when I was on the radio. I was like, honestly, I think Kerfoot has been way better as a he's better as a winger. Yeah. But the dude when, when I watch him. It's like uh, all I see is like he should he should have a sign on the back of his jersey that says they traded Nazem Kadri for yeah. me because yeah. that's all I see. Yeah, or just player one because he's another guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you start creating a guy in Chell and it's just player one. Yeah. Or first name. Yes. Or whatever. But you it haven't is. you haven't like boosted any of his. Like, no. You know, no. You haven't made him ninety nine no, overall. Ninety nine overall and score one hundred and fifty goals in a regular <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> You've all done it. Don't yeah, tell yeah, me I you know, haven't know, done it. I know. You I know. created a player and made him break Gretzky's record for yeah, a season. Yeah, hundred percent. Bullshit if you haven't. Hundred <laughs> percent. Bullshit. Uh all right, let's talk about Freddie. Um where to begin with Freddie? We know how you feel about Freddie. Like I kind like you you're you're a Freddie Stan. Yeah, I'm a I'm a kind of in the middle on Freddie, and it's just like the second game against the Canucks was the perfect Freddie game because he makes some big saves, but he also just got sniped on. Yeah, yeah, right? he got sniped on. Right, like so late in the game. Like, yeah. So it, to me, it really comes down to: Do you think you can win a Stanley Cup with Frederick Anderson? And I'm going to be honest with you, dude. At this point, I don't know if you can. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, I, I, it's amazing how, like, when we talk about Nylander, it's like, you're where I am on Freddie, and yeah. I am where you are. Like, it's like the opposite. It's like, I just don't think they have a better option. That's why I like him. But it's just, he's got a 2.8 goals against average, 909 save percentage. Not great. Yep. He's got a great win-loss record. Yes. For sure. But it's just it's just those goals where he just gets like sniped on yeah. or he gets beat short side yeah. or through the five hole. And it's just that's where people you've seen him for so long now, or it's like you're waiting, you've always been waiting for that next gear. Yeah. But it's just never it's never got there. I, I don't dispute the fact that people don't believe that you can win a Stanley Cup with him. That you have you have a point one hundred percent, but it's just where I only come from a place where it's like you get, what are you going to do post Freddie? That's why I like him. I think he's stable in that sense. But like, I do, I don't dispute the point where people are like, nah, he's not that good. Yeah. But I just, I just think he's the best you got right now. I just you watch roll him. With him. I just watch him and like some of the goals he gives up. And it just takes me back to like previous playoff series. Like I just see like some of these, like some of the goals that Canucks got. And it's like, 
you're like you'll be in like game four of a playoff series and yeah. like they've got a chance to go up three one and he just lets in a softy and it's two two. No, I can't I can't five, right I can't dispute he's been he's been mediocre in the playoffs. Yeah. Like he he has been. It's just it's a tough spot, a, a goaltending position in this league right now. It's yeah. like you gotta have a guy who can get you through the regular season and show up in the playoffs. Like it, there's only a handful of guys in the league who can do it. Andre Vasilevsky, like that's basically the only guy I could think of because he won the cup last year. Jordan Bennington, I guess. Yep. I don't know, but it's just, it's like you, you got the band-aid backup who who looks great when he's in the net. Who can't but, stay healthy. But yeah. He plays one game and he's done. And then you got Hutch who has been, has been way better than he was last year, but is still Hutch. Like, yeah, it's still yeah. like just like yeah. third string goaltender. There's, there's a, there's a ceiling there for Hutch. It's a hard position. And yeah. you look towards Freddie resigning and it's like, Hey, Freddie doesn't resign. What's the plan? I don't know. Well, huh. I've, well, I've long maintained that they, um, that they'll, they'll, give it a whirl with Campbell, but you're right. If he can't stay healthy, they can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. But you look at Carey Price in Montreal, guys making $10 million and has been mediocre and is one of the reasons why the goaltender coach got fired mid-game. Oh, that's something. And and the coach getting fired, and it's like, man, goalies, uh, Andre Bobrovsky, $10 million goalie, again, I know Florida's doing pretty well, but like if you listen to people talk about Florida's game, they expect more from them. Goaltending is like, I think it is the weirdest position in all the sports. And you like, also, you gotta be, I always say this, you gotta be like a special type of guy yeah. to want to be a goaltender. Yeah, have for like sure. Guys wiring pucks at you hundred miles an hour. Oh yeah. Like, hit your f- noggin uh, any, any second. second. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're concussed. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, or hit you below the belt. Yeah. And oh. Down you go. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. All right. Let's talk about the Winnipeg jets. Three games coming up against the Winnipeg jets. They are now currently in second place in the division. Seven points behind the Leafs. Yep. Um, two games in hand, two games in hand. And I think like, you know, if you look at them on paper, like to sort of bring this, make this about Freddie again, if you look at them on paper, like the Leafs are the better team, but Jets have a better goalie. Not by much. Yeah. Like they're not the better team by much. Like Mark Shifley is just as good as Austin Matthews, in my opinion, in terms of point production and, and being a two way center. Like he he's, he's a great player. It's, it's going to be, this is, I know last week, not last week, but I think the week before that, we we foreshadowed the Edmonton series, and I was like, they're gonna have a tough time. Yeah. And then they go and play the three best games they ever played. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a broken record again here, but they're gonna have a tough time in these three games. Yeah, like Pierre Luc Dubois showed what he could do against the Leafs in the playoffs last year yep. in the bubble playoff. They're no easy out. No, like no way. No, good goalie, decent defense. Pretty solid balance for forward group. It's going to be a great series. So do you explain the, the, um, the loss to the Habs is just like, that's just the division. And yeah, that's just, yeah, that goes back to the start of the episode. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Do you overreact from a seven, one loss or do you just go, that was a seven, one loss. Let's move on. Burn the tape. That's, that's the balance of, being a fan, a coach, a general manager in the NHL. It's like, do you just take that 7-1 loss and hang on it and be like, maybe we're not that good? Or do you lose 7-1 and go, you know what? We're tired. We suck tonight. Mm-hmm. It's just another night. Yeah. Like, what do you do? I don't, I don't like. 
Yeah, to me, it's never as bad. It's never as good. No. They just so Montreal's so, desperate as well. Yeah. They've they've been on a losing skid and they had to win a hockey game. So you got two teams going in playing each other, coming off losses. Best two teams in the division. Let's let's see what happens. So to apply that to the Leafs, it's like it's never as as good as like them whooping Edmonton for three straight games, but it's not as bad as blowing the the five one lead to the Senators and and last night they blew the lead last night. Although I don't think like I don't think they played. This is the problem I'm having with with everyone freaking out. Like I don't think they were that bad. No, I, th- I thought they looked tired, and I thought Demko was fantastic. I thought the first night, the first game, they were better. I thought they they just, it was one of those weird games. It was kind of like the game they lost to Calgary a couple games ago where they just, like, they had their chances. They just couldn't get it done. They, they couldn't get it in the middle of the ice, couldn't get the chances. I thought last night, I thought they got outplayed for the majority of the game, but you go up, you have a lead, you take a you take a bad penalty, it's whatever. They score, and then they score again, and it's like, now this game's gone to shit and we think they suck. Yeah. Like it's just it, this, this week though, I'm pretty excited for these three games. Yeah, me too. Gonna me too. It, it's going to be legit. It's yeah. going to be a good three game little series yeah. and we're going to see what happens. You get one team winning all three, you get the other team winning all three. It could shake up some, some, some stuff in the standings. Well, it's good to have them, you know, like get back, get healthy back home, get rested yeah. like that. That to me, that's that's the biggest thing. Like I, I, I truly believe. Like these guys are these guys are tired, man. Yeah. And when you got guys with like nagging injuries, like you got Austin Matthews, Matthews, a guy who scored a million games in a row, had a point streak. He comes back. He's cold now. Yeah. He's been. He's looked pretty cold. Mitch Marner, one of the top point getters in the league, zero points in the last two games. Couple dash twos. Like you know, it's just Do like. Do you think there's anything to um, like them them looking a bit cute like i thought the, the second game against yeah, the Canucks, i think that's just, in their yeah, nature yeah yeah i think that's just like that's always been kind of a conversation it's mm-hmm. like get to the puck to the middle of the ice crash the net yeah and, and mitch is like one of the best passers in the league no doubt but like yeah he can get cute sometimes yeah. they can all get cute it's just it's it's just like but then another game goes by they crash the net they forecheck and it's like oh it's all good yeah it's, it's a tough balance. Yeah, like tough I feel balance. you. Yeah. Like it's I feel the fans. I get it. If you want to be in one camp or the other, but it's like it's so hard to keep a well balanced look on the season when they just win three and lose two. It's like great road. Tri- Tavares said it last night. They went from a great road trip to a good road trip. Yeah, that's what happens in this league. It can just turn like that on a dime. Yeah. So. Speaking of Johnny, I was happy to see him get that uh, get that clapper last yeah. night. He needed that. Yeah. That was a nice one. Yeah, but I think I think we need to start. I want to know like more opinions from the fan base from Tavares. Like it's just well, do you want to do you want to tell them what you texted me last night? Well, I don't a, know if that was a, irrational or not. Well, no. He <laughs> listen, listen. He's listen. Here, here's what I said. Yeah. I said he's a third line center. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but listen, he. I, I don't think you're the problem with that comment is he's making eleven million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem with that comment. But that he contract plays signed. and he, he plays and he damn sure skates like a third line center. Man, yeah. he like I love Johnny. Like I love that he came home. I love that they made him the captain. I love that he's from here. I love that he now owns the Toronto Marlboros. Like yeah. I love it. Like he's I love him. But 
God, he is slow. Yeah, he Whoa, that's been man. his knock since day one. No foot speed, and I, he hasn't eclipsed 100 points once in his career. He had his career high in goals, career high a couple years ago with Marner. It's like, I get when you go out in free agency, you got to pay a premium, but it is, it, it is sometimes you are watching him being like, yeah, ah, I'm cheering for you, but man, sometimes you have the attributes of a third line center. Yeah. Just, just like, you just want more out of him, but it, it is what it is. Yeah, it, it is, is what it is. Yeah. You, you just got to hope that he gets it on the rails and he gets it going. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. All right. On that note, uh, we got to get out of here. Um, we'll see everybody this week after uh, the Jets games. Um, if you like the show and you want to check us out more, head to our Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. We're going to end every show now by saying, leave a comment, leave a review, leave us a cheers. Some people were leaving us cheers this week. Love to see that. Thanks, everyone, for checking it out. Go Leafs, go. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.